Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I am not your host, Andy Shaggy Cordy, uh, here with the co-host, the man who not only teaches your heart, but teaches your soul, Adrian. And the man who, when he sneezes, stop signs, move out of the way for him. Nice. <laughs> yes. Very nice. Very nice. I like that. Masterfully done. It was touching to me. I felt yeah. that. I think I felt it, I think I'm bleeding inside my chest. I, I love it. <laughs> you might want to get that checked out. Yes. Yeah, so maybe after this. Hemorrhage <laughs> over there. Um, yeah. So um, today we are actually honored with having one of uh, one of the people that we wanted to have on this show for like the longest time. We're big fans of the art, though we know very little about the comic book industry and that that world. Um, which is one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the the podcast for the longest time. I mean, it's been years since I, we first made contact about this, and I want to talk about art with you. And then right now that you've you've actually given us like two series already, two series <laughs> worth of ideas, you know. And that's not counting other episodes that you've had a, a lot of input in without without us giving you credit because you know we want all the profits of the podcast, all of it, <laughs> all of it, all of it. <laughs> Because that's the only way we can make a living here in California. All the millions and millions of uh, cents. And all the five-star reviews. <laughs> you know, which is funny because one, one of the, <laughs> the five-star reviews. Um, one of the uh, reasons why we weren't able to publish the, uh, the last episode, uh, I don't even want to say on time because we're never on time. Um, and by we, I meant me because I'm the one that pushes the publish button. Um, <laughs> One of the reasons was that I put the, I had old card information, so it didn't go through and we we're like, what the heck, what's going on? And then like, oh, okay, yeah, it didn't go through. I got the email and then I got in contact with them and I'm like, do you still have that same deal or do I have to pay full, the full price? And they're like, no. You, you. Anyway, big mess, got sorted out, episode went out yesterday or the day before and now we're here ready to talk about Halloween. So we talked about Halloween. Right, uh, three episodes. First episode was about how it's not actually a demonic holiday. How it's it is actually a holy day, um, because we are supposed to be praying for one another. Then we talked about All Saints Day, which is part of the uh, part of the whole deal. You know, we are wanting to be saints. We want to be in God's in God's presence when we die. And then All Souls, where we talked about Dia de los Muertos for us who. Uh, or on this side of the world and, and who are oftentimes misrepresented as, you know, that's all we are. There's two kids movies about, about Mexican culture and they're both about Dia de los Muertos. And I'm like, you know what, we're more than that, come on. Um, and then here we are with an actual comic book artist who does that type of creepy Halloween type of stuff. Um, Man, like, I, I want to just kind of give you free reins to share about, like, where that comes from. What kind, of, uh, what kind of things do you have to tap into within yourself to bring something like that out into the open? You know, because all these stories, they don't write themselves. They have to come out of a creative mind. And where, wh what's, the, uh, what's the inspiration behind all those things? So, so they really do come out of... Um nowhere like they, they write themselves um and and like a lot of people have asked like what's your creative inspiration and blah 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 you know like or like what's your reasoning for making comics um 
for me, it's these stories have to be told. And I, I do a lot of horror comics. Um, I'm mostly known for horror and comedy. Um, I do delve into the, the superhero realm, but I don't work for Marvel. I don't work for DC. Um, given the chance, would I not, I, it, I not really like, uh, there'd be some things that'd be fun to work on, but I, I don't really want that I, I want to tell my stories uh, and not so much I want to, I have to. I, I primarily work for Empire Comics Lab. For them, I, I do uh, a creator-owned strip called The Manor, which is about artists who live in a haunted boarding house. And what could ever possibly go wrong there, right? <laughs> um, it is based off of me and my family and my friends uh, and my actual house, which may or may not be haunted um the, i i have friends that and that won't come over anymore my brother like he doesn't come into the house anymore he stops at the threshold ever since he claims the ghost tried to push him down the stairs um that's that's never happened to any of us it's just him <laughs> I, you know so i i'm gonna kind of say it's just him but we've seen things we've heard things like we'll all be in the same room and uh, we definitively hear somebody in another room and we're like, we're all here, the dog's here, the, the, it's just the ghost, you know? Um, but uh, the, the biggest thing with, with ghosts or, or anything like that um, is how, how you represent it um, and, and what you do with it. Like, the the ghost that we kind of believe is in our house like we we pray for that soul um they're they're here they're still stuck here um they even if they you know haven't understood why they're still stuck here um if if uh their time in purgatory is not understood well enough that you know like you you need to you know have others praying for you so that you can move on. You need to uh, make these reparations so that you can move on. Um, th th that's our, like, that's what we have to do. We have to pray for them. And it's awfully hard when you know nothing about them other than what you see, what you hear. Um, but I also work on Cemetery Plots, uh, which is like a horror anthology. It's, it's very much in the uh, vein of uh, Tales from the Crypt um vault of terror uh things like that uh it's all black and white just like the old comics used to be it's um but but like with the stories that i i work on and things like that um i approach the monsters and things like that of the stories um as they're they're a variety of sins um you know when when people ask uh, are vampires real? I always reply, yes, yes, they're real. And, but they're not real like they are in the movies or in the books. They're the person in your life. Hi, kiddo. Uh, they're the person in your life that, that feeds off your soul. They, they're the person in your life that slowly is turning you into them. Because that's what a vampire does, right? Like they don't just feed off of you once and you know throw you away. Uh, they they slowly feed off of you. They slowly turn you into 
them. You know, uh, it, and you know, different uh, other other uh, monsters are other aspects of our our sins. Um, uh, anyone who's read Frankenstein understands that, like uh, the 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 monster is is the um, it's it's our vanity. It's created in our our pride and our our uh, you know desire to to do what we want. Um, and one of the things that Frankenstein's monster even says is that you know man was made in God's image but I was made in man's and man is ugly on the inside. And so I'm ugly on the outside. Werewolves are, you know, another, that's our, our passions becoming uh, too, too strong, you know, and, and sinful. It's, it's more of uh, the, the lust and the anger and the, you know, um, zombies can be taken a whole bunch of different ways, you know, uh, which I'm pretty certain that media has pretty well exhausted uh, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, I do have a zombie. of that show do we need? <laughs> uh, the, but I mean, there's plenty of different things that can be done with zombies as well. Like um, yeah. in, in the manner I have a zombie, he's a, a, the former owner of the house and um, he, he keeps coming back no matter ta- how many times he gets bashed in the head or his head gets cut off or whatever, like he keeps coming back um, because he's a slightly different kind of zombie. He made a deal and his, his deal is, is or, or his driving force is greed. You know, like he, there's a, a treasure within the, the manor that he's got to find. Um, but the thing is, he never understands what the treasure really is. Um, so, but I won't spoil that because I want people to, you know, check out the books and things. Oh like yeah, that. that's 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 the whole point, you know, <laughs> not knowing. But I I also work for FSK Comics, um, uh, which is uh, Freestyle Comics. Um, there, I'm an editor for them. Um, I I'm working on a book that is not out yet, but it's it's uh, very kung fu and superhero oriented. It's going to be really awesome. Cool. Very nice. So we kind of, we kind of dig the kung fu flicks. I remember nice. when uh, back in 08, when Ip Man first came out, I'm like, oh man, like this is the coolest thing yeah. I've seen since Bruce Lee. Yeah, it's about Bruce Lee's teacher. So go figure. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you were you were touching on something that I've been I've, I've been dwelling on for years too, which is all those those thoughts about monsters. I mean, you were mm-hmm. talking about Dracula. I'm like, I thought about that. Like, so the race is on either you write the book or I do, because that's that that kind of stuff needs to be needs to be out there. I don't think I've ever seen a book about monsters and relating that to the faith, because that's truly what it is. I mean, back when all these stories were were new, people were very much into the faith and the culture was very much. I don't want to say tainted. That's horrible. But uh, it was very much uh, guided by the faith. You know, that's that's key right there in what you were saying. There were also some um, uses of monsters as um, not just parables and and you know warnings to people, but you know uh, ways to to scare people and keep them in line and things like that. Um, but the you know the same thing with monsters um, can be compared with like all the other 
um, things of supernatural, like um, Saint Joan of Arc uh, chastised a a uh, priest because he went and cut down this this one tree because the tree was said to be um, a home to fairies, and and she's like, um, you may not. Or, or like you, you can't cut down that tree. It's not yours. That's their home. God still created them, even though they're not man nor beast. God still created them. They still have to be somewhere. You know, um, I don't know how absolutely true that is that story, uh, but I, I mean, it still it still makes sense to you know like. Um, you don't hate somebody because of their sin. You just hate the sin. You help them. You help them get back on the right track. You slowly reform them. Um, if, if you can, it's not even always up to you. Sometimes it's, it's that you just need to plant that seed and somebody else needs to water it. Somebody else needs to till it. Somebody else needs to weed it. Somebody else needs to fertilize it, you know, um, but yeah, sometimes it's just being being the person to see the man through the monster. Mm. And a lot of the times the monster, the monster is not so much even the person that wrote the story. Maybe that's just an observation of the world around us. Maybe that's a cautionary tale. Maybe that's uh, whatever it is, you know, that that's pointing back to the reader, you know, so that the reader may realize that's uh, kind of like we are always quoting C.S. Lewis, right? We're, we've been there all along. No yeah, in it all along, and that's I don't know that that's the part that gives me chills whenever I think about something that I'm reading, and I'm like, this character is awful, and, and so am I. <laughs> yeah, uh, good good characters should, uh, you know, like you should always latch on to like a a, a good character, but at the same time, like uh, a good villain should still make you really feel for that villain. You know, yeah. like, like they, they don't have to have necessarily a troubled past, but you have to feel for them. Like, um, well, okay, so, so Masters of the Universe comics are what actually taught me how to read. Um, so, so Skeletor. You love to hate Skeletor. Yes. This Why? Is because, right here. I mean, like... He, he uh, thinking back to the Christmas special, you know, he does the whole, uh, uh, I don't like being good. I don't <laughs> like Christmas. I want to be evil. You know, like, <laughs> you so love good. to hate him, you know. <laughs> but, but when you find out, like, <laughs> about Skeletor's past, like, you find out that, that, you know, like, um, he was he was King Duncan's brother and um, he joined the Horde and he ended up betraying Hordak uh, because Hordak started going down the path of, of, you know, mechanical and Skeletor stayed true to the faith. He stayed true to the magic, you know? Um, and uh, he, he betrayed Hordak over that. And yeah, I mean, some of that was because he wanted Eternia for himself, but you know, like he's the one that stole He-Man's sister, who became She-Ra. He's the, you know, like, like, but there's still that 
soft spot in his heart because he saves those two kids and their dog. You know, like he, he, he has evil intentions. He has evil motives, but you know, he, he has, he also has redeeming qualities about him. Kind of like Darth Vader as well. Yeah. Or the Grinch. Or the Grinch. <laughs> or the Grinch. Another Grinch. Mike, right? Another, another excellent vi- uh, villain, an example of a villain. My kids I frequently compare me to uh, the Grinch. <laughs> I can't recall exactly what happened to him when he was a little kid, and then he just grew up to be kind of a, a jerk. <laughs> well, that, that's Jim Carrey's Grinch, though. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a radically different Grinch. Yeah. Oh, maybe not radically different. Yeah, I wouldn't say that, that much different. Yeah, but pretty different you know it's its own its own brain of green and just at the end when the big old heart grows and that actually uh and it's kind of corny but that i remember watching uh the grinch for the first time many many moons ago and it's like man that means there's hope for everybody <laughs> there's hope there's, for everybody <laughs> there's definitely hope for everybody and uh the part where the grinch's heart grows three times uh as big um that's called a heart attack <laughs> maybe that's what i'm bleeding inside of my chest <laughs> oh, still. Dripping a little. <laughs> no that's cool that's cool i don't want i don't want to move too far away this is a, a beloved topic of mine um and i, and I haven't even mentioned you know the uh the parallel not parallels the uh, the difference between like Marvel villains and DC villains, you know, like I, my, my knowledge of comic books is limited to that much, you know, the, the things I noticed, you know, in, in Marvel, evil is evil, you just defeat it, that's it. But in DC, you get inside the heart of the villain, you know, yes. you get to see the, the tenderness that is in them too. Um, and that comes through even in the movies. I mean, one of my favorite villains is Bane, you know, I, I sometimes speak into a cup and try to do his voice. And, uh, and it's really, it's really cool to see like how we, when right, right before he, he talks about the bomb in that, in that uh, stadium, a child is singing the national anthem and he says, what a lovely, lovely voice. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see his appreciation for innocence and how he's willing to take a beating from hardened criminals to protect that purity, that innocence that, that is within a child. You know, yeah. and that's present in, in all of the characters. Maybe not the Joker. He's just kind of loony. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, the, he's the oddball out, you know. He's the wild card, if you may. I think that's, you know, that's the reason why they did that. Um, but all the, all the supervillains have that, that human side to them, that, 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 I don't even know what to call it, that je ne sais quoi, of, uh, of, of goodness within them. You know, and that's There's, amazing. I mean, that's, that's part of being human. Um, you, even the the i'm i'm sure ramon can can tell you um uh you know like with with um prison ministry like i i don't do prison ministry but uh one of the other podcasts that i i listen to uh every knee shall bow um one of the things that they talk about is prison ministry in there um and uh like you'll you'll see some of the most absolutely hardened criminals, you know, like they have that that soft spot, that weak spot, that that human element about them within the monster, and that human element 
just it takes a little bit you know you you got to just get your little fingers in there you work a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and a little bit and eventually a little bit gets more fingers in there and you can open further and further and further until that you can get to the point where you can rip them open or rather it's not us it's god that's ripping them open mm-hmm. getting to their hardened heart i uh I actually told Miguel about this, our, our brother, Miguel, that there's prison gangs, right? So there's the street gangs and the prison gangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is part of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's uh, the one in charge of the, the, I guess, one of the Hispanic gangs in there. And uh, one time I heard him talking on the phone. And this dude's tattoos all over the place. And he's a... Uh, the shot caller. I, uh, I heard him talking to his little daughter and he hadn't seen her in three years, four years, completely different guy, very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And this guy looks like a wolf in real life, like in person. But when he was talking to his daughter and then I happened to walk by him and then he made eye contact with me and then kind of looked away out of respect. Like this is not my conversation. He didn't bring it up. But he pretty much thanked me next time he saw me. And he said, hey, thanks for everything that you do, man. I appreciate all your discretion. And I can tell you're a good dude. And I was like, yeah, God bless you. He doesn't like God because he's got the devil horns here and all the horrible, horrible things he does in there. But, you know, to your point, like even some of the worst um, offenders have still that bit of tenderness that nobody's supposed to see. And I just happen to stumble upon that. So... It's interesting that you <laughs> you bring that up. <laughs> well, I will I will definitely be uh, praying for that dude, uh, keeping him in my prayers, uh, because the, there's there's that hole, there's that little little weakness that you know uh, we can get our fingers in there and and we can pry it open so that God can get to his hardened heart. Yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully there there's a lot of. Uh, a lot of opportunity in there. A lot of opportunity, absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, I'm kind of kind of hesitant to bring this up, but why not? What is this about? Because, um, you know, you hear this all the time about the darkness, you know, people's darkness coming out, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's, oh man, I can't remember his name, um, but the guy that played the Joker and how, how that darkness kind of took over and whatnot. How much of that is true in your writing process, you know, and in, in your field of work? I'm not just saying specifically you, if you don't want to share anything about that, that's fine. But, but just kind of speaking generally about it, how much of that is true in what you've seen in your field of work, not just with yourself, but with other writers, other artists, like how, how, how much is that? And at what level do you say, Hey, maybe, uh, Maybe this is not a comic book thing. Like maybe you should take this outside, you know, for professional help. Um, there's for for first. Let me speak on uh, comics, uh, comic creators in general. Um, for the most part, people drawing on their own inner darkness. It's it's over amplified from what you actually see. Uh, you know, like you, you may get a writer who, who, um, cause in the comic industry, uh, most people don't do what I do where you take the whole project from start to finish. Uh, that's not to say I do that for every project I do, but, uh, for a lot of them, uh, I'm 
I'm not just a little piece. I'm, I'm the whole thing. Um, but with, um, with, with a lot of creators, you know, for, for let's say the writer, uh, they may take some dark story in their life, um, which is not necessarily their story. Maybe it's somebody else's story that they, that was in their life. Um, and they, they push it or they give those uh, certain attributes to a character um, or they, they, they amplify it for the good of a story. Let's face it, how many, how many millions of people has the Joker killed? I mean, in all honesty, he would have been caught uh, many, many, many people ago. He would have been executed many, many people ago because, you know, even as a Catholic standing, like we're, we, death penalty is not an option. But when there is somebody so incredibly evil um, and it is a, it is a necessity um, to save someone else's life, that's defense. You know, that's not, um, and so, so, you know, it's, it's good storytelling. It's not because, oh, wow, this, you know, like this writer's actually a murderer or like this artist who, <laughs> who drew these things are actually like, you know, very disturbed and have, uh, you know, corpses in their their house that they're studying or anything like that. No, no, I mean, uh, I people um, people do draw upon dark places in their life. Uh, I will admit that I draw from dark places in my life as well. Um, but for me, it's not so much in storytelling. Um, as it is uh, driving force. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's where I use my darkness more than anything, is I use my darkness as a fuel uh, for, for the fire rather than a, a story to tell. Um, now, I will have to say that um, an unfortunate circumstance uh, happened at one point um, I was doing a story in the manor um, where where I was one of the characters is having a miscarriage um, because the the manor while it's a horror comedy um, I like to touch on all aspects of horror it's not just um, monsters it's not just you know monsters as an aspect of sin uh, sometimes it's the psychological horror sometimes it is um, the absolute feeling of helplessness because that's the real horror, right? Like, like, you know, when, um, when I was doing this, this, uh, story about one of the characters having a miscarriage though, my wife and I had a miscarriage with what would have been our last child, which was really hard. It kind of brought the comic strip to a screeching halt, not because, a lack of creativity, but because I just needed some time. That's not to say that I haven't done more strips and things like that, but it, it, it was just ill-timed. 
uh, on, on both ends. Had I not been doing that story at the time of having the miscarriage, had I not had the miscarriage, uh, not that I had the miscarriage, had we not had the miscarriage uh, at the time of doing that story, I think I could have continued on. But it, it, I just had to take a big break because it was too true to life at the moment. Um, and a lot of the follow-up strips that came after that were a lot of my own personal thoughts and feelings about what went on like during the miscarriage, like how I, how I acted myself, how I, uh, thoughts that I was having, the emotions that were running through me, um, what I was doing, what I needed to do, what I, you know, like, and it was, it was hard, but you know, like other stories in, in the manor where, uh, there's a ghost chicken, uh, in the manor named poultry guys. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and <laughs> poultry guys, cause the dad jokes, the dad jokes are in this, this strip as well. Um, <laughs> we lost Sadri and he fell out of his chair. Oh, what are you doing to me? <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. So <laughs> I, I, I did a story, um, where, um, uh, poultry geist um, dies and you're kind of like, well, how does a ghost die? Uh, I, I had a, another ghost, which was kind of based off of uh, Jason Voorhees um, where, where um, I was like, you know, I, uh, the ghost is going to have a machete, you know, but I didn't want it, you know, like I wanted to do my take off of Jason. And I was like, okay, well, Jason wears a jumpsuit and he wears a hockey mask and he carries around a machete. What can I do with any of those things? And so I, I stuck with the machete um, and I put him, uh, I like, I made his, instead of a, a hockey mask, it's, it's the, uh, wh what are the sugar skulls called? Oh, uh, the calaveras. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, it's been a long time since I took Spanish and I did not do very well. So, um, I've That's also right. taken Latin yeah. and German and I didn't do well in those either. <laughs> so, um, but so I, I, uh, I, I gave him like the sugar skull instead of the hockey mask because the hockey mask kind of has, you know, like the little red triangles and stuff on it and i was like oh i can i can see it yeah and it, it kind of works with the machete you know um and then instead of a jumpsuit or a, a mechanic suit i put him in um a mariachi nice. <laughs> and i called him um and i'm probably going to mispronounce it because like i said i did terrible in spanish uh but uh peligros Dangerous? Oh, dangerous, peligroso. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so, um, uh, I, uh, anyway, um, that ghost is actually, um, sent on, on a mission. Like, like, uh, he's, he, the intent was to, to go kill somebody. Like he, um, unfortunately, uh, he's, he's being controlled by some chupacabras. Um, <laughs> He, he's sent to uh to to go uh to go kill this one particular character and poultry geist gets in the way like poultry geist is actually trying to push him back poultry geist is is uh 
for all the trouble that he makes in the manor, he's actually, you know, a good guy. And he, he gets his head cut off. You know, so he's a chicken with his head running around his head. Um, anyway, so, uh, but that's he, that's, that's, that's inception that's level. layers right there. <laughs> layers. <laughs> so, so he just melts into this puddle of, of goo, you know, and, and, you know, Shaggy, the character that's based off of me, um, is is like crying over over um, Poultrygeist being dead, and so so like what you don't really get from the story because I don't like come out and say it is jumping from Christianity and Mesoamerican characters to to uh, Greek mythology there is death well there's there's sleep and then there's death and then there is soul death um so like when when you were in hades the 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 dreamland was actually part of hades like it was just the realm of the dead it was not it was not so much like hell yeah but hell was or or a hell like place was was still a place in Hades, but it was a place where no one wanted to go because it was soul death. It was, you don't ever come back. You are completely wiped out forever. It is the void. It is nothingness. It is an area which, jumping back to Christianity, is an area without God. It is hell. You know, so that's what, you know, that's, where Shaggy's coming from, he's worried that that poultrygeist has gone to to hell. Because what happens when a ghost dies? Well, a ghost is already dead, right? Ghost is still the soul. You know, it's it's attached to the house in some way, shape, or form. It needs to be prayed for. But what happens when a ghost dies? Did it go to hell? Did it go to heaven? Did it? I mean, if it went to heaven, it would have passed on. But this is death. You know, so like he's he's sad because he's he's um he's worried about this soul you know um and that's i guess something that we don't uh, worry about often enough is not just the souls in the afterlife but these souls that um are stuck you know the souls that are in purgatory the souls that that um i you know have not made it to heaven the souls that unfortunately do get damned to hell well that was layer upon layer upon layer upon, to me to leave, upon another layer <laughs> <laughs> with another layer wow it's like an onion or a rutabaga <laughs> and you can help me with this agent but when we pray the rosary what what's that after every decade when we ask for the the souls uh, in purgatory the fatima prayer oh my yeah. jesus Forgive us yeah. our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those who most need of thy mercy. And I'm so selfish that I actually pray that also, not only for our dead, but, but for myself. Because when you were talking about the darkness, about your darkness, again, I'm selfish. I thought about my darkness. And I get used to hearing a lot of things at work from the people that live there. It doesn't bother me, not one bit. But one time I got called a brown devil and that's what bothered me. 
because <laughs> I'm <laughs> one because I had not been a confession in a while and it showed mm. yeah and I, I, I need to go myself yeah I, yeah, it's I gotta so call that <laughs> and that was bad because I got I started acting like a brown devil who you call him brown devil <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah but yeah, I just I just wanted to bring that up. I'm, I'm interrupting the layers. I just uh, oh no, I, I, I think I, I think you're, I think you're layer. flowing with one of those layers, and I think we're all kind of in agreement with you. I don't I don't think there's anyone listening, um, speaking in another layer here. Um, I don't think there's anyone listening that can't say, you know what? Yeah, that's that's been me. You know, we've all we've all I don't know. I think we can all identify with that at some point in our lives, and we can all identify with that darkness. And you know, and one of the dangers of asking that question is that. You know, when when I asked about the darkness, I'm, I, I think I understand um, that most people, you know, when they're writing, it's more like they're feeding off of something else. But when when people do what you did, you know, when you bring that pain out and you put it in those pages, people can feel it. You know, uh-huh. like people can feel it. And, and, I, and I know and I noticed that when I was really young, I mean, music has always been a part of my life. And uh, and I was, and I told, I told Ramon about, about this song. I didn't know, I didn't know much about Led Zeppelin or anything like that, but, but I knew that I liked their music. And there was this one song called All of My Love, you know, where, where he's just, I'm like, this is beautiful, but what, I, as I was listening to it, like I was almost in tears. I'm like, what the hell happened to this guy? Like what yeah. happened? Like whether it's that or Rain Over Me by The Who, I mean, there's just so much beauty and so much raw pain you know it's an open wound and with a melody you know it's an open wound that's popping out of that page when you're reading it when you're looking at art and you're and sometimes as a reader as a listener as a as a fan like you you're looking at that and you're like what what what's happening and why is it having such an effect on you and then when i told ramon about that song he's like oh yeah yeah his son died in a car accident and like his wife left him and he was sick and all this stuff and i'm like whoa all right, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah, just all that stuff that's communicated through that medium. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of people are, will say, you know, like art without pain is, is just, you know, bland and blah. But at the same time, like uh, there's, there's been plenty of songs where a musician will, will write a piece for uh his wife for their wedding day and and like it makes you cry because like it's so beautiful well, we don't show it because we're guys <laughs> but you know like we're men. <laughs> it makes, it makes if you, you cry, cry. You, cry. <laughs> <laughs> you know I, i'm i'm probably the last person that should be saying you know like uh you know we're men we don't cry because like i'm i'm <laughs> totally like I'm the one in the house that goes around like hugging everybody and, and, you know, uh, uh, my kids are like, get off me, dad, get off, get off. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, <laughs> I'm right it, there. you know, like it, it, you, you, you tear up, you're holding it back, you know, but like you, because you, you start thinking back to your wedding day or you start thinking about how 
nice if you're single or like you can think to a sibling's wedding or something like that, like how beautiful it was, like how much love is absolutely outpoured. And yeah, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of the best stuff really comes from, from tragedy, it seems like, but the, the stuff that really makes you cry is the, the stuff that actually comes from love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, that, that hit me. Couple, couple of things, man. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw these out there because I don't talk about my personal stuff enough on the on the podcast. I don't think. Um, but yeah, a few, a uh, few days ago, my oldest, my 12 year old Sophia, she, uh, she saw my, my little, my little one and I. We always like snuggle. We, she, she was like, hey, are, are, want to snuggle? I'm like, okay, yeah. So we sit down. She's on her iPad and like whatever. And this time, my 12 year old, after not doing this for years, she just comes over and she lays down next to me. I just put my arm around her and I had my other arm around my other, my six year old and, and my wife walks in and she's like, oh, at that point, I'm just in bliss, you know, like just there with my, with my littles and, and my heart was full, you know, it's this kind of stuff. And then yesterday, my wife and I were watching a movie with Adam Sandler where he's the father of the bride. I don't even remember the name of the movie, but I teared up because, because this whole movie, I mean, it's, it's a hilarious movie um, with, golden moments in it probably not the best for kids but um but but there he is you know screwing up left and right just trying to do this one last thing before giving his daughter away and that just broke me when i was watching it and i'm like dude yes and you know we can be we can be big men all we want but there is that one little opening and god doesn't just peek through that hole he tears it open and he says, this is what I feel when I look at you. This is what I feel when I see you doing right. And this is the pain I feel when I know that you could be doing better. All this stuff, man. See what you did. See what you did to us today. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's kind of a big deal for us that you were able to join us. So we appreciate your time. And I know you have the families right there and, and you still, you know, so we're going to dedicate some time and I, and we really appreciate you coming over, man. I, it's, it's, it's awesome. not a problem. Thank you guys again for having me on because like, I love listening to you guys. Like, uh, in all honesty, you guys have gotten me out of some like really dark times. Like, like I've had some really bad moments. Um, and, and like, I'll just listen to you guys and, and just go through like a bunch of the podcasts and I know that you've said on several episodes, we are not your therapy. We are not your, your uh, psychiatrist. We are not your whatever, uh, you know, go seek help. But really and truly, you guys have gotten me through. Like you guys talking about God, white belt Catholicism, you know, the, the David up against the Goliath. But here's the thing. David still became a king. He still rose up. He wasn't white belt anymore he became a black belt. We're going to get there. And you know, you guys got me through some dark times. Uh, hopefully I can get people through other dark times. And uh, you, man, you said we've been going for an hour. I just can't seem to let it go. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, we're, that's just a sign that we're going to have to do this. We're again. We're going to have man. to do this again and soon too, yeah. please. <laughs> I, by all means, guys, I, I'd love to be back on. That's Absolutely. Great, yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, so you want, I, th I think, I think 
I think you should sign us off, you know, so we're, we're going to let you do that. And by the way, the whole uh, we're not your therapy thing is just that we don't want to be sued. We totally <laughs> want to be your therapy. It's just that we don't want, we don't want the lawsuits. <laughs> so pray for us. Uh, we'll pray for you. Ferrum. Ferro. Aquitur. Yes. We lost Adrian. He fell out of his chair. Oh, oh, mercy. Oh, what are you doing to me? That's funny. Poetry. So, so there's, there's a few, you're going to be okay. Give me water. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, oh, mercy. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. <laughs>